0: Good morning. Good, morning. Good, morning. Good, morning. Good morning! That's better. Amen. Let's stand up. I'm excited for today's service. Amen. I said, I'm really excited for today's service. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the privilege to come together as a family to worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We invite you, Holy Spirit, this morning. May our spiritual eyes be enlightened to see and our ears be open to hear the voice of the Good Shepherd. We thank you, Lord, where the Spirit of God is, there's liberty. So I declare in advance liberty to worship, liberty for your word to go forth, liberty to give in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright, round
0: morning. We rejoice in your presence, King Jesus. We offer up our praise, our thanksgiving to you today. And we're reminded that you are our soon coming King. And our eyes are on you, Lord Jesus. We worship you, we glorify you, and we honor you this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, look at your neighbor and say you're in the presence of King Jesus. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. You may be seated, people. Well, I'm glad you're here this morning. Remember now, next Sunday is our Christmas program, and it would be a good time to to bring your family and your relatives, your in-laws and your outlaws. Amen? Amen. We have a, uh, there's a purpose. Every time you have a service, there should be a, a purpose and a plan. And so there's some things that we need to communicate to you as a body. And what I did this morning, I, uh, I'll have you put that scripture up, please. I'm going to do it by reading the letter I wrote. I was going to send you a letter. And I thought it would be a way to communicate my heart. But I'm going I'm to read it to you, and that way I don't get off. You know, preachers can get off sometimes on tangents. <laughs> so I'm going to read this to you, and, and so I just want you to listen carefully. In today's uncertain financial climates, investments made into God's kingdom are the only ones that have absolute guaranteed return. Amen. This verse only applies to givers, you all know the verse, but a special group of visitors. Paul wrote this letter to the church at Philippi during his first Roman imprisonment to thank the Philippians for the offering that he'd received from Epaphroditus. Now, in the Roman penal system, a Roman citizen had the legal right for his friends and family to put money in a special account that was held in his name. Then as soon as he was released from prison, that money would be given to him to start a new life. The Philippian people not only sowed an offering, but they also prayed for Paul's release. This brought him a lot of encouragement. This church didn't have a lot of money. But they had a past history of sowing finances into Paul's missionary journeys. Because of their generosity, Paul declared that God would supply all their need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now this word supply in the Greek means to make full. Everyone say make full. That means whatever need is present in our lives, God will take that want and fill it. Say fill it. There's no shortage in heaven. Amen? Say that with me. There's no shortage in heaven. No, there isn't. Now, the word according speaks of God's blessing in the same quality, not quantity, as His own. Now listen. God provides His children with, with, with both abundance and quality, And Jesus served. Now listen, he served the best wine at the wedding in Cana, Galilee, the best. Did he not? He approved of costly oil valued at a year's wages to be poured on his head. When he was crucified, Roman soldiers cast lots for his garment. In the book of Revelation, he's standing among the golden candlesticks, wearing a girdle of solid gold. The word riches in the Greek describes immense wealth and riches beyond belief. Now when God meets your need, He does it exceedingly abundantly above all that you might ask or think according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Amen. He is El Shaddai, the God who is more than enough. That's the God we serve. Now, January 28th, Apostle Jeff Rogers will be with us. As I've told you before, and he's, he's been our, our, our missionary in Africa. for We've known him for over 25 years, 30 years. And years ago, he came, and, and he is the most humble servant man of God I've ever known. And I'm, I realize there's a lot of men and women of God that are humble, but this, there's something special about him. And he and his family pioneered a work they have over there. They have a hospital. They dug wells. And they've been doing it successfully for many, many years. And we've supported him. Years ago, he came, and I told him this. I said, Jeff, I said, you don't have to make an effort to get here every year. We're still going to support you. And we have. This church has been faithful to support him. Last. Just a few months ago, God put on my heart an amount to give Him. It's the largest amount this church has ever ever sowed. New babies crying. Oh, that's another one. Okay, that's a sign of life. God put on, impressed upon my heart that we're to sow $20,000. I didn't hesitate. Yeah, I'd, they're whistling, huh? But to me, it's a piece of cake. This body of believers has always been generous. You know, there's times we've sowed $10,000 into Mike Keyes' ministry. But you say, how are we going to do this? My God, my covenant-keeping God will supply. He'll give you seed to sow. Amen. Amen? Now, He also impressed upon me, because as a leader, you're a leader, and a leader leads. He put on my heart to sow the highest, the largest personal amount I've ever given in all my years of ministry. Now, you don't need to know the amount. You just need to know it's, it's big. And so all I'm asking you to do is pray. And I've kind of given you a heads up, you know, a few weeks ago, to begin to seek God and pray about that. Amen? But you need to remember this truth, Harvest Church. Understanding timing and seasons is necessary for the manifestation of abundance. Uh, Understanding times and seasons. Genesis 26, verse 12, it says, Then Isaac sowed in that land... What was going on in that land? Famine. And reaped in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. The man began to prosper... And continued to prosper until he became what? Very prosperous. Only faithful stewards who constantly focus their attention in these last days on funding this end time harvest will come into super abundance. And this church has always been blessed. This church is out of debt. And it's been out of debt for years. But this church, like the Philippian people, we've always been givers. So I'm asking you to pray about it. Now, I'm going to, where's Nate? Come on up here. I'm going to have him share because it was interesting. When I shared with Nate what, what God put on my heart, he also had shared, too, that God was dealing with his heart. So I want him to share
2: Um,
3: I also wrote it down just because otherwise I will talk about everything under the sun and I don't need to do that. Uh, so I wrote this uh, while praying. I asked God how much He wanted me to sow into Jeff Rogers' ministry. And uh, I'm a firm believer in 2 Corinthians 9:10, which is now, which now means right now. May he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food. All right, but however, in verse 1 of 2 Corinthians 9, it, it talks that this is about ministering to the saints. It, we, we need to sow into men and women of God that are doing a, the work of God, the work of the ministry. All right. Uh, he supplies seed to sowers, so we need to be sowers into the spreading of the gospel that opens up the door for him to take care of us that is the bread for food our needs we concern ourselves with sowing and he concerns himself with us and like he said god has no supply in heaven or no no lack of supply in heaven that's right so if he has no lack in heaven i would rather have that abundance poured out over me and what the little amount that i have <laughs> you know go to him so that i can get blessed with what he has so naturally the response that God gave me to uh, me asking how much he wanted me to sow, because I, I like specifics. I want to know because if he wants me to s- sow a specific amount, I want to believe for that amount because he's the one that gives me the seed to sow. Y- y- you know what I'm saying? My needs are still going to be met. He's responsible for giving me the seed to sow. And as long as I do my due diligence right. of sowing that seed, we shall reap a harvest. Uh, He asked me, how much do you want to sow? Well, that's what I'm asking you. (laughs) So he said, I have given this for you to decide. However, if it doesn't mean anything to you, it will not mean anything to me. The spiritual return is according to your heart. Your sowing and reaping depends on your heart on the matter. If your heart is into receiving what you can get and only what you can get, I will not bless this and you already have your reward. So it's just it's important what he's what he's telling me here it's important that we understand. It's your decision. It's it's in it's in your heart. God gives us His nature, so we have the nature of God on the inside of us. It is according to the heart that He has put into us what we're going to sow. But if we are not sowing liberally, you know, He He loves a cheerful giver. So don't so don't beat yourself up and be like, oh, I I have to sow until until I I don't have any. You know, it's in your heart, and you will reap according to your obedience to sowing when He calls us to sow. So. And I just, I, I, when he was talking, he says, uh, when Pastor was talking, he says, understanding timing and seasons. Uh, Psalm 126, verse 5 and 6 says, Those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. He who continually goes forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bearing his sheaves with him. And what is a sheave? He didn't go out with the sheave. He went out with seed, seed that was provided by God. So the sheaves is a bundle of grain stalks laid length, and, try, or, and tied together after reaping. So that's our harvest. He promises us if we are diligent in our sowing, then He will be diligent to provide us the harvest. That's right. So, uh, that's us
0: Amen. Hard. Let's stand up. I asked Nate to pray. And maybe you already know what you're going to do. Maybe, maybe some of you are shocked. Good pray amen
3: we thank you father for an opportunity that we have set before us to sow into a man of god that we can send our seed around the world and do what mark 16 says which is to go into all the world and we thank you father that you go behind us multiplying the seeds sown and that as As we sow that seed and you multiply that seed, you cause us to reap a harvest according to the multiplied seed that we have sown. So we can continue to give and give abundantly. We thank you that our hearts are prepared for this because we are obedient to do what you have called us to do. And we call this body Mm -hmm. blessed Mm -hmm. to be a blessing in Jesus' name.
0: Amen. 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 Okay, thank you, Nate. Also, you can, if you want to go ahead and be seated, if you want to um, give ahead of time, maybe some of you, like my wife, she'll, if she has an amount, she'll you know budget for that and sew every week and put it in an envelope. That's fine, Amen, or if you want to wait till he comes, but you know, I believe we're going to be obedient. I believe we're going to send him away blessed. Ushers, you can wait upon the people for this morning's tithes and offerings for Harvest Church. Also remember, there'll be no service Wednesday evening for the next two Wednesdays. We'll give you a Wednesday off. This morning's going to be a little different. I'm excited because I'm going to have Caleb and Kaylee share about their trip to Buffalo. And uh, they went uh, out there with um, John Tash, and uh, they really got stretched. And so they're going to communicate to you what happened. It was a blessing, and they came home excited. And I believe what they came home with will be deposited into your life today. So come on up, kids. Amen. Give me a hand, would you? Got the jitters. Public look see um
4: both not um, I's or Caleb's strong point, and uh, since someone came home not feeling well and is still not feeling greatest, so guess who gets to uh, speak most of the time? That's me. So you have to listen to me, unfortunately, most of the time. Caleb will interject. I'm sure he'll just grab the mic. So um, we have – we tried to do an outline. We got so much more out of the strip than we – would have ever even imagined, what we prayed for. Um, So we will try not to ramble on and on, but we do have so much um, from what John Tash um, poured into us and then obviously from the trip. So I do have some pictures. Laura is going to run um, the screen for us. So we first want to um, get everybody's um, head geographically straight because we were in Buffalo and not New York City. So New York City, as you can see on the map, is way in this corner, and Buffalo is way up in the opposite side of the corner. Um, yeah, the opposite. So, uh, you know, it's kind of when people say, oh, you're from Nebraska, and they automatically think Omaha or Lincoln. No. Valentine, Norfolk, Hater, they have no idea where those Where those towns are. So it's kind of the equivalent to that. People heard we were going to go to New York. Oh, so they automatically, like at work when I was trying to tell them what I was doing, like, oh, New York City. So if you get there, send me some pictures if you're able to go. And I said, listen, we're seven and a half hours from New York City. This is not even close to, um, Buffalo. So we were in Buffalo. Um, Laura, can you do the next picture? So we were so close to the Canada border that we, of course, had to run up so I could take a picture and of the border of Canada. So we super close to the border. So that just kind of gives you a visual um, on the map, map wise of where we were. So um, backstory um, is kind of where we wanted to start. So we I don't know if it's a secret. It's not really a secret. secret, but um, Caleb and I love to travel. It has been on our hearts to travel ever since we got married. Um, so we have been traveling a lot lately. Um, I did the whole travel nursing. We went on other trips um, and it has also been on our heart to do some missions trips. Um, when we are in Kearney, when we lived there, our church did some missions trips and we were going to be signing up for those. And then COVID hit. Um, so obviously that kind of just stopped all traveling and then we were going to go on another one and then just life stuff kind of got in the way. And so we were never, never able to really start, um, what we wanted to do. So John Tash, um, comes here for Jesus day. I think there should be a picture of John Tash, um, Laura, maybe the next, there. So John Tash, um, if you've never seen him, this is John Tash. He comes up. His specialty is children's ministry. He does a lot with children's ministry. If you've ever seen him here, if you were here, he is awesome. Um, he's a great man of God, um, great character. I can't say enough of good things about him. But when we he was here in August, um, we were talking to him and kind of explained to him that we love to travel um, and wanted to get... Um, hooked up with doing missions, and he said, oh, he's like, well, we're doing this Buffalo trip um, in December, and he said, um, I want to personally invite you. Why don't you and Caleb come on this trip, and I will pour into um, everything you need to know, kind of how to start missions, and see how uh, we kind of do things. And so at first, I was like, oh, it's in December, like it's going to be cold in Buffalo, and it's Christmas time, and it's just, it's really busy, I don't know. Well, both of our schedules um worked out. Financially it worked out um and it was it was a god trip. I've, both times we have went to New York, I don't it has went so smooth. I don't know, we just have a heart for New York. New York, in New York City. Um So anyways, that's kind of how we got there. So we didn't really have much information when we started because uh, John, I don't know if he um, did this on purpose or if he just, he's been doing it for so many years that he just kind of maybe assumed we knew, but we had no idea what to expect. People would say, oh, so where are you going? And I said, oh, Buffalo, what are you doing? I don't know. We're going to work with the homeless, do some food things. I don't know. So we just kind of packed a bunch of stuff, cold stuff, um, because it's uh, December in Buffalo and it's freezing um, and it can snow and blizzard and John goes, oh yeah, we've been there when it's 55 degrees, we've been there when it's blizzarding and it's zero degrees and I'm like, cool. So this could be interesting. So anyways, we got there. Um, So what this is called is called Boxes of Love and so this is kind of a picture of the warehouse. So... And I wasn't really aware, so we're just kind of going to kind of explain. So John Tash Ministries hooks up with um, a place, a church, called Buffalo Dream Center. It is the only mobile food – it is a church, but it's the only mobile food drive in uh, Buffalo. So they have a bunch of – food drives, but this is the only mobile one that actually goes into the neighborhoods and gives the food to the people, takes the food up to the apartments, um, and so on and so forth. So that's pretty special. So how this got started years ago was, there should be a picture, Laura, of, so this this guy, his name is Pastor Eric. So Pastor Eric, he is the pastor of the Buffalo Dream Center. So 25-ish years ago, Caleb, it's the timeline drawing, up to tell me. Um, about 25 years ago, God audibly spoke to him and said, I want you to give back. I want you to live with the homeless. And he, you know, kind of was like, live with the homeless. So Buffalo used to be the third or the first poorest. It has now moved up a little to the third poorest city in the U.S. So these people are very impoverished. There's lots of homeless. There's not money. So that is why it is kind of such a big deal that all these food drives happen in this city. Um, the other part of it that we did not know we absorbed so much information um so we've written a lot down because we didn't know any of this so pastor eric was explaining to us that that the united nations designates different cities in the u.s to be a refugee city well buffalo is one of them so when they go pick up these refugees in um, other countries they just come and drop them off in these designated cities. So on top of the already impoverished Buffalo City of people, you have these people who come in from different countries who don't speak English. In fact, we were told in some of the neighborhoods there's 70 different languages spoken just in that neighborhood. So you don't know who's living above you because above you, you can't really communicate with them. So it was just extremely eye-opening um, to even know that part of it, because I was like, well, what do you mean refugees? And so he was just kind of explaining. Um, and so Pastor Eric, um, it was put on his heart to go live with the homeless. Homeless. So for the past 25 years, he has every week, it's like the week of Thanksgiving, um, he will go live with the homeless. He takes a backpack um, with I think there's a couple knives in there, he said, he takes. Um, And he goes, well, the media has, of course, gotten a hold of it because, I mean, that's just kind of, you don't really see that, a pastor doing that. And so this year was his 25th year doing it, um, and so they did a whole media production about it, but um, his sons have kind of taken over his ministry, and so they are going to continue doing this homeless week for him in the future. So I just thought that was pretty cool. Um, The first year they started doing this, God told them to give 200 gifts to children. And the next year it grew to 800 to 1,100 to, and now they're up to wrapping over 4,000 gifts. So with the food drive, they also do the gifts. We, in our time there, did not do the gifts. The John Tash ministry does not really do the gift wrapping, but there are gifts um, giving to children who don't even know what a toy is. So they do that part of it too. Um, what, what do you have anything?
2: So Pastor Eric went, goes homeless, and basically the media got a hold of the story because it was just so outlandish. I mean, he sleeps under bridges, does the whole thing. And it, it got so much attention that they were given so much money from outside sources to really fund their ministry with, with the homeless and with with the impoverished people.
4: Yeah, so they had started just as a family and John Tash told me this on the side. Um so Pastor Eric's family was doing this when they got started and he after about 6 years he was I'm I'm going to stop. This is too much work. They've been going through a lot of just other things and it just they weren't getting the funding and the food that they need. And John's wife, Shirley, had a dream with Pastor Eric in it and pretty much she already knew that he was going to quit. So she woke up and told John and John called him and said, you aren't quitting. We're going to bring you a team to help you. Um, So that's kind of how John got connected with them. And so now for the past 18 or so years, they've been going up. They actually go twice a year, April and December, to go help with them um, up in Buffalo. So um, without further ado, we'll just keep going. So first of all, um, or second of all, we also don't want you to be, Nervous that there's a message after this. this is the message, <laughs> so um, we don't want you to uh, want us to hurry along because if we go short, then you have to still listen to pastor so anyways, uh, which we do we have so much, but we will try and um, bring it together so um, this was the church that we stayed at. Um, and it was ve- i mean Caleb and I had no idea we we're like oh we're going to get our own room in this no <laughs> so uh this was an old school converted into a church it's called New Covenant Church um there should be another picture Laura so basically we had the old part of the church and it was i mean they used to go to this uh other church and in August John got a call and said hey we're we're selling this, I'm sorry, but there's not going to be a place for you. So John had to um, figure out where we were going to stay. So we ended up staying um, at this place. And, yep, so it's a community. So girls got one room, boys got the other room. Um, And it was, John is a very organized, um, he delegates, he's orderly, he... Yeah, you, Jesus Day, I mean, you get to kind of see the stuff that he does um, and talks about. And I don't know, he's got his models and everything that he goes. And he does carry those over into all his missions trips. But there's so much more um, side of him when you go on a trip uh, with him than just Jesus Day. So we converted. uh, So go back, Laura. We, I mean, this was our kitchen. So we had somebody who was just doing food. He brought up, he brought him up from North Carolina, and he made all of our food, um, all of our meals and everything, which was extremely nice. We didn't have to go out every meal. But, I mean, it was just kind of an organized chaos mess. Um, and you had – it was 11 adults and 17 children. So there was 29 of us um, all together. So John – so we got there and we had to wait for everybody else. But John, every night we had kind of like a rehash of the day. Um, and at first I was like, "Oh, we're going to be with a bunch of kids." Uh, Caleb and I are—I mean, we don't mind kids, but we—we uh, we don't have our own kids, and so um, it's just a little different for us. So I was like, "I know. <laughs> Maybe someday." The Lord will speak to our hearts. But anyways, for now, we're going to do this. Um, so uh, we were a little uh, maybe convicted throughout it because um, we noticed right away these kids. I mean, I know they've probably been with John before. Some of them, well, I should say some of them did, some of them have not. These kids are seven, eight, nine years old. They brought in their Bibles every day. They brought their notes. When John was up front, they knew that they needed to be delegated and respected um, to sit down and listen. Like it's, I guess I just can't even comprehend like how orderly they were. Um, you don't really think of kids as that, um, but we, I don't think enough. I don't think I think we think less um, that kids can do and i don't I don't think we give them enough credit that they can do so much. I mean they're really the open door to a lot of the stuff that we did. I mean adults know so much well we think we know so much more um and we kind of have a an idea of, of the world well, these kids they they don't really know, so them going up to a complete stranger to ask if they can pray for them is. I mean, they don't think anything about it because that's what John says that we need to do, and so for us it was like, okay, so what? What do I say? <laughs> so it was just um, we we got stretched a lot uh, more than like I said at the beginning than I ever thought we would get stretched. So, anyways, at the end of the day, John kind of wrapped things up, and he went over his big thing was um, team, so. And this goes along, um, I think, spiritually. I feel like a team is the body of Christ as well. I mean, team, and then his acronym was Together Everyone Achieves More, which I'm sure a lot of you have heard that. And when he talked to us, he didn't say, hey, you, hey, hey. He said, team, team, gather around. It wasn't you. It wasn't I. it It was everybody. You know, if the trash wasn't taken out, Why isn't the trash taken out? We as a team need to be responsible for that. So not only, um, you know, in the missions and reaching people, it was he also kind of gave a lecture to the kids about, and the adults, is your bed made? Does your space look organized? Are your clothes picked up. Um who's going to be in charge of the showers? Uh Caleb and I were in charge of the showers, which we had no idea about. So they were the community showers. So boys got to shower at a certain time and girls got to, shower, to cer- shower at a certain time. So he delegated all and assigned these jobs to the kids and the adults um so they could be responsible and learn that side of side of things too because it's I mean they're there but you also have to have order um when you're on these mission trips as well so do you have anything so far you're doing good okay um so we uh so we that's fine i was like okay yeah we can handle the showers but i don't want to get too much responsibility i know I, I just you're nervous we've never been there we are trying to soak everything in well john um when john asks you to do something you don't really have an option to say no so um, I think it was the ne- that night, or I don't know, one of the nights for one of the first nights. He goes, "Hey, um, I was wondering. Uh, I would like you guys to lead morning devotions in the morning." And Caleb and I are like, "Oh, yeah, yeah, we can do that." And so he's like, "You guys can do it together. I'll I'll make it easier on you." And I was like, "Okay." So um, we, of course, were panicking which we didn't need to panic there is there was so much all he wanted was and there were other people sharing all he wanted was a simple what what was on her heart at that time and so well we had a lot of things and actually we went back to what we've been learning about here in church was the army of god because that pertained to what we were doing in Buffalo with being the army of God and reaching people in that sense. So it was fine. We we got through it. But um, it was just one of those moments where I was like, oh, I wasn't expecting to have to lead devotions for 30 people. So um, that was another area that we felt that we were super stretched. But um He So two verses that, or I should say it's all in Psalm 92, he talked about this a lot. Um, So this is kind of the basis for our uh, message, but he goes, I want you to know this, memorize it. He goes, you guys need to know this. And I was like, okay. So, which I didn't exactly know specifically what Psalm 92 was. So I'm going to read it. It's short. And then there's a specific verse that he talked about as well. It is good to praise the Lord and make music to your name, O most high, proclaiming your love in the morning and your faithfulness at night. To the music of the ten-stringed lyre and the melody of the harp, for you make me glad by your deeds, Lord. I will sing, I will I sing for joy at what your hands have done. How great are your works, Lord, how profound your thoughts. Senseless people do not know Fools do not understand that though though the wicked spring up like grass and all evildoers flourish, they will be destroyed forever. But you, Lord, are forever exalted. For surely your enemies, Lord, surely your enemies will perish. All evildoers will be scattered. You have exalted my horn like that of a wild ox. Fine oils have been poured on me. My eyes have seen the defeat of my adversaries. My ears have heard the root of my wicked foes the righteous will flourish like a palm tree they will grow like a cedar of lebanon planted in the house of the lord they will flourish in the courts of our god they will still bear fruit in old age they will stay fresh and green proclaiming the lord is upright he is my rock and there is no wickedness in him so it's a song of thanksgiving it's kind of talking about the evildoer what the wickedness um what's going to happen if you are wicked in the world and what's going to happen if you pretty much serve and do your part um the specific verse that he really talked about was psalm 92 you have exalted my horn like that of a wild ox so in the amplified version because um, i read that and i was like well, what, is, what is what are you trying to say so but my horn, the horn, is standing for strength and power. You have exalted like that of a wild ox. I am anointed with fresh oil, so your service so Caleb and I were talking about that, and he really touched on you know being anointed and using and having fresh oil.
2: yeah so again we' we were stretched, but What we really took out of the whole trip, and we haven't got to most of it yet, but what we got out of the trip is, is when you're stretched and you're you're in the fire, you're you're not comfortable. God's going to give you a grace and an anoint. He's going to anoint you to be able to deal with these situations, especially in a wicked place. Most Nebraskans would think New York is. I mean. God's going to give you that that special anointing to deal with the situations and have a heart for where you're at so that you can really serve.
4: So um, we'll kind of go through. I mean, the days kind of, we did a lot of mobile food drives, which we don't need to specifically talk about each, every single one because they kind of are... I mean they're the same purpose. We kinda did the same thing, just reached different kinds of people. So Laura, if you want to fast forward to um okay, so we had so there were four four groups of people, Nebraska, us, Kansas, New Hampshire, North Carolina. Well the New Hampshire people bought this bus because they brought a bunch of people. So in all um we didn't have a car because we flew. So this was our little um magic school bus that we took around to all the little uh places that we needed to go. So anyways, okay, you can, this was the Kansas people that we met. So they, um, the middle lady, she's um, a pastor's wife. She's also the, also their worship leader. Their church is extremely small, just like ours, about literally the same size. And so we really related to them in that sense. Um, and that's the couple pictures of their kids as well. Um, so there's us doing the daily devotions. Okay, keep going. So this is what um, the trucks would look look like for the Buffalo Dream Center. So at the warehouse, okay, keep going. Um, So this is Desmond. He is the son-in-law for Pastor Eric. So this is what the warehouse looked like. There was food and stuff everywhere. And so he was just kind of explaining um, how it was going to go. Okay, keep going. So we organized. We packed groceries. You can keep going. Um, So in this The main thing was packing groceries because that's what we gave away. So at all these food drives, they got a bag of groceries. So I'm talking cereal, graham crackers, macaroni and cheese, five cans of canned goods, um, peanuts, rice, pasta. I mean, this was Gatorade. This was all packed in one bag. And they were extremely, I don't want to say strict, but they were very orderly um, on how they wanted you to do it. And if you did it wrong, you had to get back into the end of the line and start over because it all flowed together so um, you were in a line Um, you can just stop right there Laura so um, that was kind of the warehouse so we go to these food drives and Pastor John there would be lines of people Um, can you go one more Laura okay so these people that live in these apartments um, government assisted um, apartments they're not able. They don't have a car. They're also not able to have the funds to go get these to go get their food. So that's why the mobile food drive is so important. Because we took it up to them. Um, has anybody ever watched Seinfeld? Okay. This was literally um, exactly what we thought of was Seinfeld. Um, was the sky rises um, of what Seinfeld looked like? Because that's exactly there were. I didn't get a picture but it was like seven buildings all together um and people were just pouring out and there was lines upon lines so our job was um is keep going Laura so this was one of the is there a picture with like a little boy Yes so we so this was the first night and you're just you're paired in groups of three to four they want adults with kids um, and we were like well what are we I don't know what we're doing like we still it was just like well, I don't know so this kid he is nine years old his name is Zeb um, he's a little squirrel but he we were paired with him and I wanted to be paired with him because for the first time at least because John spoke very highly of him he is nine years old he will pray with anyone about anything he will help them so we were the first ones in line oh yeah he did not want to wait in line so he cut up in the front of the line respectfully and these people have carts which is a kind of a thing in new york because they're not able to drive and so they walk a lot of places so they have all these carts and so they're in line with carts well oh no no i don't need help I, i can get it all well, they'd get this, this bag of groceries. Well, then they'd get a ham or a turkey. Well, then they could get household stuff too, and then they're seeing that their cart's getting filled up and they actually need help, which is where we come into play because they need so much help that we help them, and our purpose is to pray with them. So John Tash, also in his little orientation he gave us, was you don't ask the people what you can or if you can pray for them. You ask them How you can pray for them because you don't. People aren't going to say, "Oh, I mean, I don't, I don't need prayer." Thing they're going to say, "Oh, well, how can I pray for them?" If you give them the option, if they, if you can pray, they're going to say no 50% of the time or more because why? Why? Why do I need that? And if they don't know what to pray for, then that opens the door of salvation. Oh, well, do you know Jesus? Have you heard the name Jesus? A lot of these people have not. We went to one of the food drives, and this was not our group, but one of the groups, um, she needed a new liver, and she was from, wasn't that the one who needed a new liver? I. No, I think it was the same one because she had to pull somebody else because it was such a strong prayer that she goes, I need someone else to pray with me. But anyways, this lady had came over from Afghanistan six months ago and she had never heard the word Jesus, never heard of it. And she just kind of looked at the lady and she's like, G- G- Jesus? I mean, we we kind of take for granted in the in the area that we live in that, you know, Jesus, whether you... Um, believe or not, we, we've heard the name. These people have not, so it's just very eye-opening. Um,
2: I got okay. to interject. So right after um, we prayed for this lady and took her groceries, we were there because this was like the, the last one. A rat, this big, ran ran right across that sidewalk. It was huge, and I went I went to kick it. It drove dove under a fence, and I didn't get him. But New, New York rats are real, and. and they live around everybody
4: this was a lady that John really connected with she um, didn't speak much English but we sang to her John's other thing was well if you're not going to pray or if it's not really a time for prayer then you sing so when we would take them up in the elevator up the stairs okay so what can we sing for you and he would start and you would just have to go go with it and so it is just He brings the energy and he brings the life. He loves reaching people um, and seeing people being filled with God. So um, I think there is a picture, Laura, of so when we were with Zeb, this couple, um, we prayed for them. Um, and they were in the low-income apartments, obviously, because that's what we went to all of them. But anyways, that was one of the couples that we reached. And so we would go into these places. We hand them their groceries. They did have to sign up for these, so they knew. It wasn't just every single apartment was getting. I mean, you had to come down or sign up for them to get the groceries. So then they'd open the door, and you, you know, obviously you give them their groceries. And then you didn't dare leave them without asking how I can pray for you because all I could hear was John Tash in my head. Well, why didn't you ask him if you about prayer? I mean, it's just he's engraved that so much into our heads and the kids that you just you pray. That is why we are there. This the Buffalo Dream Center gets volunteers, but they're not all Christian based. They don't all go out and pray for these people. That's why John brings up his ministries because that's his purpose is to pray and love on the people. Um, so let's see. So the first night we did a night mobile food drive. Um, and then the second, well, the second day in the morning was um probably the worst weather.
2: Yeah, we. Uh, it would have been Thursday morning. We went out and flyered this neighborhood, and they say. This neighborhood has 70 different languages spoken regularly. And so, like, it was probably six to eight blocks of houses like that, Um, four mailboxes to a house with four different families in it, most of which you couldn't even understand what the the name was. So, we went and flyer that Thursday. And this is actually from Saturday um, the results of the flyering and advertising. Um, for this food drive. And this was the, probably the poorest and hardest neighborhood. And the people were the most oppressed in this one. Um, but just going out and flying a couple brought, and, uh, this line went all the way down the block and around. That many people needed stuff in one neighborhood.
4: And that's what the houses typically looked like. So there could be four families, like in that blue house in the background, four families living in that, um... House and so you'd put four flyers because they all needed one, which was just we don 't think of that to us that would be one family living in that entire house, and oh, yeah, you have the whole house so well, that's that's not how it is so that was um eye opening so and the weather was extremely extremely crappy that day, and that 's when i uh I had to pull myself up by the bootstraps because I hate being cold and I hate being wet on top of being cold, and we were drenched with rain because it downpoured on us and and Caleb's like, "What's wrong?" I said, "I'm wet." And he you needed fresh anointing. <laughs> and so I I pulled myself up and I was like, "That's fine. There's a dryer at the place. We're going back." And so you just you can't you, you're given a grace to do certain things, um, especially on a trip like that. And that's also where the fresh anointing oil comes from. Um, I mean, if God has put it on your heart to do something. He's going to give you the grace to go through it. Whether you connect with kids or not, um, just like us, we still connected with the kids. Um, What's the next picture, Laura? So Caleb um, attracts the kids because he always has cool stories to tell them about hunting. This guy, um, this little boy, he's about 12 years old. Caleb really connected with him. He's from North Carolina. He hunts. They are going to live on. They're moving to 240 acres um, in North Carolina. They do all the stuff, um, and he referred. How did how did he say it? Because he has such an accent.
2: He uh, he's a revolver man, is what he said, and uh, his his. I mean, he had the southern accent of his papa, and it it was pretty cool. It, and what really touched me with a lot of it was we had four states represented. The amount of camouflage that was involved, um, salt of the earth people that just had a heart to serve. It doesn't matter where you're from, and there just can be a connection spiritually when you're there for God and to serve, I mean, regardless of age. And oh yeah, the Seinfeld story was, you go up into these apartments and you're just waiting for Kramer to come out. Um and the one lady we we had she was different. Um and she had these cats and I was thinking, don't let the cat run out of the building. Um it, yeah, it was just like an episode of that. The, yeah, then there was one and you try to make a connection with people because you want to break those barriers so that you can reach out and pray for someone and minister to them. And so we had one guy he, he, had a, he had on a Trump hat, actually, in New York. Um, I didn't say anything yet, but he was, he was apologizing right away how messy his apartment was, and, and it was bad, um, really bad. And he said, oh, and I apologize for, the, for my music. It's really hard. And I, I knew right away it was System of the Down, and like I quoted it, and he couldn't believe I knew it. And, and right then, the barrier was broken. I was like, okay, Before we go, how can we pray? And it was like it just opened the door. Mm
4: -hmm. And then your last is the old
2: lady with the. Oh, we we did a assisted living, low income assisted living, and it was this lady's 96th birthday. Um, dressed nice, but we took her groceries, and she had the New York accent pretty well. But the little girls I was with just weren't loud enough and so like they asked how they could pray four or five times and finally the the lady was like okay you can go now I was like no ma'am how can we pray for you well she needed to find her hearing aids her daughter her daughter and her could not find her hearing aids which was very apparent um so we got to pray with her for that and just just that you reached out and cared enough it it just broke the walls down for her.
4: Yeah. I mean, really the point of walking with them to help carry the groceries all the way up or wherever they need to go, or even to their car, some of them would drive and so you just carry to the car. You're, you're making that connection. You're making that small talk. How can you connect with them? How do you make them comfortable enough where they're okay with you praying for them? And a lot of, I would say 95, 98% of the people We're totally open to, yeah, that's fine. You can pray. And it is okay if they don't speak English. You pray for them anyway. If you do the universal sign of prayer or, you know, prayer or however you want to do it, they know right away what you're going to do. And you just pray in English. That's okay. They still know that you're praying for them. Um, God knows. So it, it was just... We just really learned how to make that connection, and we were stretched in this sense of just spontaneous prayer. I mean, we don't really do a lot of spontaneous prayer here, so I don't know how – probably between each of us, we prayed 20 times with – I mean, just spontaneously, because we're paired up with the littler kids, and sometimes they were a little shy and timid. They weren't all like Zeb, who was very outgoing, Um, and so you had to be that – Even though we have never done this before, we were the adults. So we had to go with, I mean, and kind of show them, um, the kids, that it's okay. And, you know, by the end of it, they were pretty good. Um, And they were running around and praying for everybody. I mean, we'd see people up the stairs. Well, this guy needs prayer. And I'm like, okay, we'll run up and go see him. And so they would just pray in the middle of the stairwell for people who weren't even getting groceries. But that's just what they're taught. So um what's the this was another little girl that caleb she just loved caleb caleb can you come sit with me um for breakfast today <laughs> she was she was cute she was the one that asked about the hearing aids and she wasn't wasn't she that and wasn't speaking up loud enough so anyways okay so the, they had a media guy um okay go keep going so okay okay they had a media guy, and they uh, posted some pictures on Facebook. So we did get some pictures off there um, of us doing stuff as well. So this was the whole big group. We, at the end, John, takes you to go see Niagara Falls, and it's all colorful and everything. Um, and it is, it's is—it's pretty cool. To, I mean, yes, I know we were there to serve and reach people, but also th- this is cool. Yes, this was just kind of the reward for doing what we did the past four days, because um, we, like I said, we like to travel. So you like to see stuff. And John, we we learned right away that if you rode with John in his car. He took little scenic routes because him and his wife are both from Buffalo. So that's also, I kind of forgot that detail. That's why he loves to give back to Buffalo because they're both from there. And so it is just, they have a heart to do this. Um, But he knows the, uh, he knows Buffalo. So he knows all the little secrets to go to. So if you ride with him, you're like, oh, we got two minutes it's just down the street. Let's go. I'm going to show you the home of the original uh, wing, the buffalo wing. So he drove us past that. No, we didn't get to eat there, but still, it was just that—just those little blessings to us. that were like, oh, okay, well, let's go see. Because, you know, you like to sightsee, or at least we do. So, um, and that was just a plain picture. Do I have anything after that, Laura? Okay. Well, nobody wants to see us. Um, go to, okay, so. What do you have before, do you have anything, I know it was it was a lot, and I was trying not to information overload you, but does anybody, I guess, have any questions?
2: Well, the one thing, um, so Pastor Eric, his son-in-law is actually a product of this outreach. Um, he was a little kid, inner city, um, and for their kids' outreach, ended up, meeting pastor's daughter now they're married have three kids and he's taking over the ministry basically so you you never know who you reach what what the next next thing is going to be and because um, pastor john is actually a product of government housing in buffalo single mom and to hear his testimony mm, yeah. i don't even want to tell it probably for another time he's here, but his testimony of growing up in the inner city and then to give back in what one person did for him in his life to now be able to give back and how it will multiply.
4: Does anybody have any dying questions before we move on? Yes, so we'll get there. That's why this screen's up there. Um, one thing I was reading in my notes, um, the one thing that, I, I mean, so much struck out to me, but sometimes we didn't always go in a group. Sometimes the Buffalo City uh, people needed people at the tables to hand out, so that's what that one picture was when I was pointing. Um Let's, You're there to work. You are there to work. And so um, we, did, we didn't always, every single mobile food drive, pray for people. Um, so at that one, I was behind the table. And that particular one. Um, so,
2: well, most So their ministry is made up of the family and a few staff members. Okay. And they don't, they don't just do this at Christmas. This is a year-round thing. So like when we went and flyered. Um, It would have been normally two people to hit an entire neighborhood. So four hours worth for them, we did in an hour. So you're there to work and help them out and give them somewhat of a break.
4: Yeah this I mean this definitely was not a leisure. We didn't go and just sit around when we weren't doing the mobile food drives. I mean we were we were exhausted at night. And John wanted you to get 8 to 9 hours of sleep. I mean that was another thing. Lights are off at this time. No phones. I mean even he didn't even really want you to have your phones out when you're ministering. He goes, "If I see you out with your phone when we are ministering, it's Your phone's gone. He had uh, one gal, I don't even know when it was, but she was younger and she would not get off of her phone. And John had asked her to not be on her phone. And she goes, well, I have to be in contact with my phone and my boyfriend and I, I just, I have to have my phone. And she goes, you can't tell me what I can and cannot do with my phone. And he goes, okay, well, we'll see you later. And he took her to the airport and she got the next flight out. So not saying that you can't use your phone, we asked, was it okay if we take some pictures? I mean, you just, you're not there to be on your phone. You are there to serve um, the people and love on them because they don't get that. So that was another big, the first night when he had all his rules, Caleb and I were like, oh, okay. (laughs) So, um, but I mean, it wasn't trying to scare you. It was just, we are here to do a certain job um and a purpose so um what i was going to say before caleb um rudely took the mic away was um when i was at the table i was handing out turkeys and the guy i said i pointed and i said turkey and he goes turkey and not to me i was like oh okay yeah he understands this and he just kept looking at him like turkey and <laughs> he whips out his phone and he goes to Google Translate, and it was in Arabic. And I was like, oh, he doesn't know what turkey is. So he had me type turkey, and so it translated to him, whatever, in Arab Arabic. And he goes, oh, yeah. And he took off and took the turkey. So just, I mean, those are moments, too, that I was, you, you don't think about. And then the other was I had two people ask, is this halal? And I was like, you're off to say it again. And they're like, halal. And I'm like, so I, Caleb was right there. I said, Caleb, what does halal mean? And you, what did
2: you tell me it was? It's basically the, the Muslim version of kosher. And so like they wanted to know if they were going to get it or not. And regardless of faith, you, you better make sure you do it right and serve them right because you don't want to give a Christian a bad name. Like these Christians are giving us food. That's you know against everything. So regardless of that, and the other thing that probably hit home most was we don't know how impoverished most of the world is and we don't have problems in Nebraska like they have. We have needs and wants, but they have they have nothing most of these people, the people that would line up for blocks he, um there was a lady on on drugs so bad, like her clothes were falling off. I don't know how she was alive to be honest. Um, no teeth, her her shoes were falling off. It was to see people with poverty like that, we don't even comprehend it most of the time. Even in Omaha and yeah, yeah, even Omaha and Lincoln the homeless, it's nothing like like what this is.
4: No, I I think I did pretty good. I was, of course, wrote down all these notes, but I didn't really need to follow them.
2: So, yeah, come snag us if you want after the service. We got some more stuff. Um, Kaylee's going to pull up a video, and we've got, like, schedules and stuff. But, but basically, Pat asked if we're going to go back. Yes, we are, but next year we're not going alone. Um, we prayed right away. We already have people on our heart, um, but a, a year from now, we're going back, and we want to take some of you with us, and that's the, date. and that, that's the dates, so you have a year to plan, pray about it, mm-hmm. seek God, start saving, because its it was life-changing to see some of this stuff, um, so so you're aware, we're not going alone, we're taking some kids, we're taking some adults, um, Dad will not be going unless we have a parting of the Red Seas. he doesn't have the anointing for sleeping in cots, so that 's that, but have it on your heart we We want to take some of you with us
4: and i I just want to i guess lastly say before I watch the short video. It's a minute long, so don't freak out. It's not 15 minutes. Um, That it is okay if missions and traveling is is not on your heart. It's okay. You don't have to. You don't have to. Not everybody can do that. And so. (laughs) So that's. Yes. And you are jumping the gun a little bit. But anyway, so what I was going to say was. I mean, if you don't feel and pray that that you want to go next year or even on other mission trips, that's okay. We need support here. We need support by prayer. We need support financially to whoever goes. We not just Caleb and I, just anybody who goes. Um, So that's how I just want to end it. So don't be like, oh, my gosh, they want all these people to go. I don't know if I I don't know if I really want to do that. Just calm down. It's okay. Um, but but seriously, pray about it. Um, we like he said. We have a couple of people in mind, um, and we have a number of how we want to do it. And don't let the financials get in the way. This is this is a pretty cost-effective trip. Once we got there, I I didn't even take my purse because we, we didn't go places that you spent money. You paid up front. The food was prepared. You didn't you didn't you just you you didn't need the extra money. So. We will help fund financials when we get there. First of all, you just pray. Pray if you're even, it's on your heart to even go. Is that okay? You can, yeah, Caleb's going to pray. And then, the so like I said, they had a media guy. He, after we were there, he put together a short clip um, of kind of our team that was there. And so it's about a minute long. So I'm just going to go get that ready and Caleb's going to.
2: All right. Heavenly Father, we come before you. Lord, first and foremost, we want to thank you for how you've provided, Lord. And We want to speak a blessing over Harvest Church and over its people because they were faithful. They gave. They got us there. They gave spiritually by their prayers, and we just thank you, Lord, that they did that. Holy Spirit, soften their hearts and prompt them. For next year, those that you would want to go, go. And Lord, we just call the Dream Center blessed, John Tash and his team blessed. Lord, we just thank you of your goodness that we have here. Lord, we just ask that you continue to do the good work you've started. In Jesus' name, we thank you for it.
5: Just so you know, we've hit a grand total of 3,576 bags.
0: What do you think? Amen. You know, they make fun of me because I'm not the traveler. But I know how to use my faith. And if you want to go, you can go. Let's stand up this morning. This coming New Year's is going to be a good year. Those that are planted in the house of the Lord, they're going to bear fruit. And we're going to accomplish more because we're going to do it together. It's not about just one person. It's about all of us. Remember the word team? Amen. And so I thank you for helping send the kids to there, and I'm excited for next year. You know, I know we have outreaches outside the states, but folks, there's people in this nation that need help. And we're going to reach out and do what we can. Amen? Amen. Is there anyone here today?